So, Nigel, what I did is I took your rants and text message, and I just made those our topics today. This is Beers with Talos. Threats, Beers, and Mouse of Bliss. Welcome or welcome back. This is Beers with Talos, episode 139. Today is September 15th, 2023. I'm joined, as always, by Matt and Lorene. We have a special guest today that we're going to get to in just a second. Uh, we have we have a, a whole lot of stuff to talk about today, guys. Kind of a, a, a veritable potpourri episode uh, with our guest. So let's get right to it. Let's go around the table at the top like we always do. And uh, Matt, what's on your mind today? First, I want to say that uh, Loreen Raven edition looks awesome. Thank you. This is my Entheon hoodie. I love it. I went to Entheon last weekend. It was amazing. I love it. Fantastic. Yeah. The uh, the the premium YouTube channel subscribers are getting a view of best Lorene right now. Like that is that is peak Lorene style. I like it. It's, it's good stuff. Um, I, I just decided to skip it all and talk to that. So <laughs> oh, you just gave away the guests. <laughs> you just gave away the guests. You're the worst. Bleep that, game. Hazel. Oh, I'm notably bad in operational security. <laughs> Well, it's not. I mean, all the Patreon supporters that's, already know anyway, right? Oh, and they're going to stick around yeah, for the they... after podcast chat. So, where we all take off our clothing. Lorene, <laughs> <laughs> what's on your mind I mean, today? It's pretty oh, apparent. I'm having, I'm having a day. Uh, I'm having a day. I had a, a couple of good things happen this week. Like I said, I went to Entheon over the weekend, which is uh, the art installation of Alex and Allison Gray, who are probably best known as the people who make all the tool album artwork. So I got to see all the tool album artwork, like 15 feet tall. Oh, cool. All them. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. Pretty cool place to go to. It's in, uh, it is Northwest of New York city. If you can manage to make it out yeah. there. Uh, you yeah. I got a lot of pictures. I got a lot of pictures. I have like a video of like a circular video in the actual like chapel of sacred mirrors that they made. Real cool. Place is rad. And then uh, last oh. night, I shot over to Boston and managed to make the second Goose show in Boston, and they are playing great. Okay. Real, real good. Real, real good. Nice. All right. Uh, so for, for, for my roundtable today, uh, do you guys want to hear about Connecticut or a dead cat? Connecticut. Dead cat. Shit. Damn it. Connecticut. Okay. Dead cat's in Connecticut. <laughs> The dead cat is not in Connecticut, but I'll tell you. So this weekend, I am actually off to host a uh, or to judge a uh, civic hackathon, a transportation hackathon for the state of Connecticut. Uh, and I've heard that there is a special style of Connecticut pizza. That's not true. That they're extreme. No, no. These like the people in Connecticut. Uh, what's somebody from Connecticut called? A Connecticut Connecticutanian? A what bad the driver. <laughs> they're they're pretty proud of the pizza and they say this is better than new york pizza Look, there's nothing that you could do to ruin the transportation in connecticut the merrick parkway already well exists. i think that's the whole problem is yeah. it doesn't exist well yeah but they have no mass transit i guess is a real problem there and getting into new york city from hartford apparently there's not even really a train no so. you gotta go from new haven you get the you get the commuter from new haven you can't go from hartford you got yeah. Hartford New Haven, which is not so, bad. That's how I get in. I'm in Massachusetts. Well, apparently this is a problem they're trying to solve. So I'm going to go judge a hackathon along those lines this weekend. You it's actually going to be a lot of fun. Teach them to make an on ramp that isn't a 90 degree angle with a stop sign. Oh, yeah, that's, that's a problematic. Problem. That's the yeah. problem. Yeah, M merging exists. Well, the rest of us have been doing this for a while. Like, no, why is that? Kit. No, mm. Parkway, 90 degrees, dead stop mm. to however fast everybody else is going. Hmm. For you, Matt, the other story is I've been waiting for a new trailer hitch for the last few days that Amazon is, right. keeps saying is getting delivered, right? And it just hasn't shown up on my porch. And I noticed yesterday afternoon, uh, there was an Amazon box sitting uh, across the road from me, like at the edge outside the, the fence of the cemetery that's across the road from me. And I'm like, mother... You know, like, what the hell? 
like somebody ganked this off my porch, just left the box. Let me go see if that's the box, if it's addressed to me or whatever, if that's it. So I walk across the street to this box. I, I open up the lid and it, it's like label side down. So, and there was not, in fact, a trailer hitch in this box. I had a straight up seven moment and there is a dead cat in this box. Oh, yeah. It was not a head. It was a whole cat. I will say that. But there was a there was a dead cat in this box beside the road, sitting at the edge of the cemetery across the street from my house. So I, I have no idea what happened there, and I really don't want to. Uh, but yeah, that was that was my day yesterday, and I'm I'm trying to not figure somebody, it out. Somebody probably was taking their cat to bury it at the cemetery, and then they got scared off right before he got there, <laughs> and they just kind of dropped the box and ran away. I was thinking that, or they actually hit the cat right near there, and like they just had a box in their car, so they put it in the box and just put it over to the side of the road. I don't know. Like that's 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 possible too, but I think my explanation is better. I mean, how do you get all the way to the cemetery and then get scared off though? Oh, well, because I mean, you have the cemetery night guard there, and he's there to protect the cemetery and all the. Well, there's actually a bunch of coyotes in that cemetery, so there's that well, too. You go. Probably coyotes came running over because they're you know well known cemetery guard dogs and they scared off the people who were coming to bury the cat there you go this wonderful english voice that you are hearing this liverpudian accent that is here for you new listeners Pudlian? may not notice it uh, this is nigel nigel is the one of the original hosts of beers with talos he's come back to join us today and frankly we have a list of topics that are designed specifically to get Nigel all riled up today. Uh, but we'll start That's while we finish the round game. table. <laughs> it's really hard to do. It's really hard. Especially when he gives you the list of riling <laughs> yeah. topics. Yeah. Which he will readily do. Like, hey, Nigel, what's pissing you off this week? Cool. That's what we're going to talk about. <laughs> but let's get started like we used to. Uh, Nigel, you're up on the round table, which means it's time for a long-awaited Mighty Reds update. Yeah, so um, season's kicked off. Four games into it. We got 10 points so far. That's three wins and a draw. We drew the first game with Chelsea and then won the next three. Um, and then we have the international break. And then, But we're back in action tomorrow. We're against Wolverhampton Wanderers. That's a 7.38. Oh, you should take that here. one. Um, the Reds will obviously. We're going to, to Wolverhampton. Uh, we are going to be without our vice captain and our captain tomorrow. Um, because Virgil mm. is suspended for a game and Trent is carrying a small injury, so he won't be playing tomorrow. Uh, nevertheless, we shall probably come walking out of there victorious and glorious, um, you know, with another, As three always. Point, another three points for the Mighty Reds. And then we've got a whole bunch of games over the next uh, month or so. We've got like seven games in four weeks or something silly. A bit of What's the uh, injury that your, your boy's oh, dealing with there? Oh, it's just a little bit of a hamstring problem that he had from the last game um uh, back in training but not going to be fit enough for tomorrow's game so it's not too bad right when right. european competition starts next week and then i think the week after midweek is um league cup as well so lots of games coming up was the suspension awesome okay so the suspension <laughs> so we we go into uh into Newcastle. Okay. And there you are. Um, he commits a small foul just outside the box. And um it was And by bad. small foul you mean he took somebody's leg actually all the way off? No, Is that he did not you know, honestly it was really small. It was not a big issue, right? No headbutts and, and, at all. Uh, but it was definitely a foul, probably. Um, you know, when you slow it down on the VAR cameras, right, you know, real slow. looks like a foul because he kicks his foot and then he gets the ball. Virgil wasn't very happy with this foul for a start because it was touch and go. But then the ref gave him a red card because he said that it was denying an obvious goal-scoring opportunity, which, again, debatable. We do have the world's greatest football keeper in the world ever. On <laughs> so, no, it's not really. But still... Well, rules it was an opportunity. Rules. It doesn't mean it was going to be successful, right? Well, rules yeah. are rules, right? So, yeah, he gave him the red card. and then he goes Now they're, to the they're arbitrary. 
And, you know, they, the VAR upholds the referee's decision because, you know, why would they possibly correct a mistake? And then um, he did <laughs> say a couple of words which the referee took to be about him, right? And then he did say a couple of words as he was on the way off the pitch where the fourth official stands. And again, you know, they get a bit, they're a bit touchy, the refs, right? So they think that he said this about them. Um, I mean, as you know, Mitchell. Now, I don't when like he was to, screaming it in their face, I mean, I like was swear, that why right? they thought that? Or? I don't like to swear very yeah. much, obviously. <laughs> People who know me. Not at all. That, I don't ever do that. So I'm not going to tell you what he said. But basically, it it was, you know, like, yeah. Um, yeah. He said you know, the words. And then off he goes. But then here's the thing. He automatically gets a one-game suspension because of this, okay, for the red card. Okay, and so he does that. But because he's opened his mouth, right, and the referee thinks he's talking about him, he wasn't that. He was talking about the decision itself, which is understandable. Because <laughs> he's done that, he then gets an extra <laughs> match uh, suspension and he gets a £100,000 fine. As well on top. Wow. No, wow. Did he break the worse. Bull Durham rule? <laughs> I guess he probably, yeah, did, I guess. Um, but... <laughs> <laughs> as this podcast is paused all over the world, as people go furiously go Googling the Bull Durham rule. Yeah, a 30-year-old movie re reference. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, we're really up for the young ones here. It's a well-loved <laughs> classic that every generation has seen. So, in it, but the, so, yeah, they, um, so, yeah, he got an extra match, you know, ban after the red card, so that's why he's not playing tomorrow. He's our captain as well, so it wasn't a good thing, mm. you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, not a good look, not a good look. No. Well, before we jump into uh, all these problems that you have illuminated our minds with in regards to threat intelligence and tips uh, and and AI in general. Uh, I just wanted to kind of catch up with you. Like, what have you been up to since you were uh, last hosting here on the podcast? Oh, What's gosh. going on with you right now? So I ended up, I got another job. Yeah, i <laughs> So I got another job and I'm doing stuff um, at uh, Threat Quotient now. So... I'm kind of doing all these things of, yeah, integrations and stuff and the whole ecosystem for the threat quotient and stuff. So, you know, brings in Intel, does things with it, makes relationships and stuff. You can look at things and you can export stuff and you can do all kinds of fancy stuff with it. But it means that I have uh, a, to look at a lot of data from different providers all the time. Um that sounds fun. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Lorraine lives in this world too. Yeah. You got your usual stuff where you got all your open source stuff, right? So you got all that carrying on. Everybody knows. Got all that stuff to look at. And then you've got providers who give you data feeds of different kinds. And, and, and I get the impression a lot of the time that these guys are, are, or in a stage where, if you remember, well, Matt knows, because remember, like, and, and Lorene too, like, many years ago, how about when we were doing um, IDS and IPS rules and things, and how we got into this notion that more is better, right? And the best ones had all of the, all of the rules they had, like, we've got 50,000 rules and all that stuff. Well, I get the impression that a lot of providers of information data are in this boat and they're all battling out with each other. And the big thing is we've got more data than everybody else. And we give you more data than everybody else does. And okay, but I, I don't care about your volume of data. I'm more interested in the quality of your data. I mean, um, that's an interesting 
interesting place to start there. So, I mean, obviously, like, if you can't, you throw 10 pounds of shit into a five pound bag, it doesn't make uh -huh. things magically happen, right? Correct. Yeah, there's a yeah. uh, prerequisite to knowing what shit has to go in the bag, though, and none of these people have any idea what shit ought to be in the bag. Yes. It's cheaper there to just throw is. a lot of shit there in there is. instead of understanding. It's also hard to know yeah. if the bag that you're filling is going to someone who might be interested in a different collection and, you know, density or portion of shit. Right? Like, like mm -hmm. you're, when you're in the commercial business, like you have no idea what everybody's interested in. Whereas, like, so when I'm when I'm when I'm building stuff right. um, internally for Cisco, it's a whole lot easier to narrow it down to. I know what their concerns are and stuff, um, but if I were building a feed to, to go out to everybody, I would be tempted to be like, "Ah, smell suspicious. Put it in the feed." You know? Yeah, but wouldn't you tag it? If you could, but I would also point out that we had fifty thousand rules, yeah. but that was before we had the DCE RPC preprocessor. <laughs> yeah well, it was like 150 to 200 rules per bug yeah something like that it was but you know yeah that's what you get for trying to decode a dc rpc in a bunch of text rules isn't it all right yeah so i mean like people often scream that like yeah. content is king right how much content you can put into your security device is what matters but if and the, 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 I guess the, the add on to that axiom is if content is king, then context is queen. And I would argue maybe that's the other way around. Like, isn't context the most important aspect of intelligence in terms of like what you can relate it to really, what? Like, I mean, points of data that are unrelated right. don't mean it shit. Really, yeah. It really is more important because otherwise all you have is noise. And how's that supposed to help anybody, right? I mean, that's where we run into things like yeah. analyst fatigue, well, right? Like uh, alerts, alerts, I think alerts, the problem alerts. Is this right? So you've got, let's say, I've got loads of data, and I'm putting out in the feed. Okay, that's cool. Now, what I could also do is have a bunch of other internal processes and whatever, and I can look through data and kind of classify some data as best as I can automatically, right? Do all of that stuff. Okay, that's cool too. Um, but if you're actually putting out the real meaningful data, you need some people to look at the things that are left and start to do some assessments and start to say, all right, this is important because of this, right? This thing over here. And, um, I, I'm going to start making some relationships now between disparate, what appear to be disparate pieces of information. So if you were thinking about, say, um, some kind of whatever adversary person, right, and they hang out with this other adversary person, so you make a relationship there, and then you, you're able to put people, maybe you put them into a group, and you now have, okay, these guys over here, these are the members of this particular group. Okay, cool. Well, what else? What are they doing, right? What what? Are they, um, you know, what, what, for example, maybe they all use the same Bitcoin addresses to gather funds for their activities, right? Um, and, but you, you kind of need people to start saying that, okay, look, we've seen this, we've, we've been in these chat rooms or whatever, we've observed this behavior, we're making these relationships, we're putting down this other information for you, then you can get hold of it. And then they start saying things, you know, things like uh, they are targeting this kind of business. They're targeting this particular application. They're looking at this, you know, sector of business. Maybe they're looking at, you know, this particular industry vertical, whatever it happens to be. All of that kind of thing. And that stuff comes from the intelligence that you gather from your people. So you need people. But the problem is, you know, people are expensive, right? And of course, there's a profit margin you have to consider as a business. And so I think the, uh, a lot of the quality information really isn't coming through. Um, there are some which, I mean, if you go back many years, the, the, it, 
providers of that kind of information uh, were very good, right? Because they had a very good team of people and they would, you know, produce information that was really top quality stuff, right? That you could use and, and uh, operationalize, right? All that carry on. But over the years, as people become much more expensive, those teams tend to dwindle. Um, yeah. And yet the provider is pumping out more information than ever because they're doing a lot more, you know, automatic stuff and less and less of the human-based stuff, which means that that signal-to-noise ratio starts to dwindle, right? And then you're in that position of, good Lord, you know, what am I? Well, I mean, that goes beyond just not providing TTPs for the right. atomic indicators, right? I mean, that's just, there's there's no correlation in data sets at all. It's yeah. just I'm, even, crap tons even of data. Even where, you know, you you, you would... You get if you if I sign up for a tailored feed from a provider, I would expect to get data which is useful to me specifically, right? Which again can be pretty difficult if you're a multi-billion-dollar multinational company. Obviously, just about everything's going to be important to you. But let's say I'm not, right? I would expect to get that kind of data. But the problem is trying to find that these days, trying to get that feed of information you know is very difficult and so then you find you know a lot of folks get together a lot of the ISACs you know and get like their members get together and they share things internally with each other and that's cool right um problem there is is that thing of sharing that information how do you do it right how do you make that and go this is the stuff that we've seen all right here you go here's a whole Here's a file full of, you know, I don't know, IP addresses that are terrible, whatever. There you go. But there's no context there. Why? Why are they? Why are they bad? Right? You you decided that. Why? Why is it? Why is it a terrible piece of information? Should I be care? Should I care about it? Um. And you know, some are better than others. Some ISACs are better than others. Other sharing agreements are better than others, and all that carry on. And then, you know, you get things like, well. we'll we're going to share this information, but we have to share it out and we have to use sticks. Okay, cool. Um, that seems reasonable. Um, but then you have things things like what I've seen with sticks. It's this, one of those things where we've got a standard and then somebody will go, yeah, but I can't put all my data in that standard at the moment. I need a way to get, you know, to use it. And they'll go, Okay, don't worry, pal. It's all right. Just it's like just give it an X header style of thing, and then just show your information in there, and that's cool. And then, but then when they do that, they just do it with all of their stuff. They don't bother to try and map the information into the stick format any longer. They just go, oh, we'll just throw it in there as all X header stuff, and then there we go. We're good to go. Which puts you back at square one when you're going to try now and ingest that information into your systems and stuff, right? Because now you have to map, you have to then do the mapping and things. Well, that's a whole different, you know, kettle of fish, whatever. But I think I think we talked about this a few episodes ago. With like, I mean, there, yeah, there seems to me at least, and Lorene, you're the one that brought this up. Um, there seems to be a mm, like vendors have their own self-interest in mind yep. and their own self-interest does not include a standard for threat intelligence data that can be used across platforms or across vendors uh, because then you can get your threat intel from anywhere and just import it into their product right so it doesn't seem to be like they 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 wouldn't have any real business driven reason to chase that I feel like in the past there was more sharing of less data because there's less going on. So most people had the same information. And the question was, is whose engine was better suited to dealing with the information we all had? And now it's about feeds. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Data points. Why don't we just throw it all into a chat GPT <laughs> and let that sort it out? It's, it's just IOCs, right? Yeah, I mean it's it's atomic indicators and IOCs. Like that's that's what we're dealing with most of the time, isn't it? 
no, yes, and no, and both. All of the things. It's kind of like, you know, like, I've got all this information, okay, cool, and then you throw it into your your tip, whatever you want to call it, right? All this information, and then something, you expect something to happen, and all of a sudden the world is better. There's a few, I have... There's a few steps in the that are missing, <laughs> right? So, so here's why it is in large companies' best interest to have a standard for objects and artifacts and computer security. Because the only way large companies grow is by buying small companies and then having to integrate them. So if you force a standard on everybody, all your purchase, your company purchase integrations will actually function. Correct. How about that? Yeah. There's, there's your incentive. Yes. You just, I saved you a billion dollars. <laughs> yeah, essentially. Yeah. Right. Those well, integrations are pure pain. Yeah. They are, truly. Um, you know, I like I see it all the time and it's kind of like, I talk to, to vendors and stuff and, and yeah, we've got this feed. Okay. Um, all right. What, what does it look like? Oh, well we use sticks. Okay, cool. Yeah. We can ingest sticks. I can deal with that data. Um, yeah, you just need, you know, get, you go through all the thing and, and you get a login and stuff and you go and get the data from an API there it is. There's your stick stuff coming out. You connect to some taxi server, whatever. There's your stuff. And you're like, okay, but I'm only getting like small subsets of data here. I'm just getting like, uh, usually it's all, you're going, oh, it's all IOCs. But when I was talking to you, you said you had all of these other things. You had like tools and stuff and you had, you know, um, I don't know, vulns that you were giving out or whatever. What were those instincts? Oh, well, we didn't, um, those are not mapped into the sticks objects like that. So we map them into these things instead. So if you, you know, it's all there though in the feed. And then when you go looking, yeah, it is. But now I have to now write something custom to get information out of what's supposed to be a standard feed, right? If it's a standard feed and you're yeah. following the standard, I shouldn't need to write something custom to get at the data that I want. You well, the uh, the flips the flip side of that, <laughs> Nigel, is is we were approached by someone internally to supply them some intelligence for the work that they were doing, and then told us that we were to give it to them in the Cisco intelligence format. And I was like. <laughs> what's that and they're like it's like sticks but better and then I'm like no it was just, I didn't even look at the thing I'm like no and they're like why and because because it's solved and all of my tooling can do sticks and I'm not gonna <laughs> so it's like look if if he wants it in that format he can write the Python yeah he can write the sticks it. to why whatever converter when I send it to him yeah wouldn't you be the least bit concerned when you're talking to like the senior director of threat intelligence and you're like, no, it needs to be in the, in, in, in our threat intelligence format. And that person is like, uh, what the hell is that? Like that is like, a miscommunication somewhere. There's, a ball was dropped. Yes. That right. What, what is that? Well then clearly you don't, you know, that question. Just oh, says, you didn't get the memo from the marketing don't team. have a standard then. Yeah. Why are we bothering here? But yeah, that's what I mean. That's what I see like all the time, and it's it gets frustrating and annoying and thing. You know, it's like don't don't tell me you've got a sticks output when I have to write something custom because that just means you're not you're not putting out standard sticks. I mean, honestly, like so we work. You're just we, checking a box here. We work closely with with the Cyber Threat Alliance. Like it, it's just. It's yeah. like, what, what is an example of, it's like, it's like the early days of people writing protocol stacks. There's definitely a standard for oh. sticks, but everyone reads it yeah. like a little weird. <laughs> and so like every time you yeah. try to connect two different interpretations of sticks together, it's like an entire new journey. 
It's really weird yeah, how people like, the, like um, bring a whole lifetime of experience and their own interpretation of shit to the table every now and again. It's, maybe somebody should know, write a library. It's kind of like, yeah, they should, shouldn't they? <laughs> it's like for um, for UDP, maybe, and then you know, just write your own UDP library instead and use that. And then don't do that. Borrow it. No, you don't think. No, you shouldn't do that. I don't um, think you should do that. I mean, there's definitely some adversaries who were probably thinking about that. Do you know what we should do <laughs> is we should create a standard that unites mm. all these standards, and that would just solve the problem. I mean, yeah. isn't that the way it goes? There's like definitely an XKCD in here somewhere. <laughs> actually, I can find a link to it. They're, they're actually, they're, it's like, what is it like? What's up with these like 27 different standards? Somebody should make one standard to rule them all. And the next panel is like, what's up with these 28 different standards? Somebody should definitely. <laughs> well, yeah, that is, you know, the thing, right? So I had, I had, um, when I, when I started with in, in the position I'm in now, I, part of what I was doing was working with the folks who did the stick standard, right? They were just, so, some of those bits and pieces I had to go and you know, be in meetings with other human beings about um, doing doing sticks 2.1 things, right, and getting that finalized and all that kind of thing, right? So, and, it, and it's cool, and the folks know what they're talking about and what they're doing, and they're really open into it and, and discussing stuff and, and how do we put this these things together, which is cool and all, because, you know, you, you're working on the standard and you're making it so that, this information can go into these into a standard that everybody knows and then is easily interpreted by everybody else and sharing information and all that. But every single time it comes back to, oh, well, we've got to give people a way out. Like we have to give them another way of putting the information in if it doesn't quite match up to what we think it should. And that's where it falls down every single time, right? And that's because... It sounds good in theory, and it sounds like it should work that way. And, and oh, you know, we want to put this extra bit of information, but right now the stand, standard doesn't accept that. Okay, well, cool, then we can use this particular thing right here to put this piece of information in, and everybody's going to get it anyway. Problem is, like, you know, human beings, the other ones, uh, people, those people, <laughs> kind of... Not this go, human being. Oh, them other human beings. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not, not these guys. Other, other human beings. Translation, so, all human we beings. just kind of go, cool. You know, we, yeah, we, we, I don't really want to spend all the time mapping our data into the sticks format to send it to somebody else. And then they go, ah, I see something over here I can abuse. I can just throw all my shit in there and call it sticks and I'm good. And that's what they do. Mm. And it just gets really old very quickly. People spend a lot of time and do a lot of effort to make these standards for everybody else to use. And they, you know, people with a lot of experience in doing this stuff and they spend a lot of time doing it and stuff. And then somebody, some jack wagon comes along and just trashes it because they just abuse bits of the system. Jack Wagon is a great name that I should use as like a media person. Oh, Jack Wagon's good. Yeah, no, it's good. <laughs> yeah. Jack Wagons. <laughs> you, you have to pronounce it. Jack Wagon. Really yeah, if you're talking to Arnaud, he's a Jack Wagon. Jack, Jack Wagon. A Jacques. A Jacques Wagon. Wagon. <laughs> One of the other... Things you had mentioned, Nigel, was the people who think you can just take mm. data, throw it into a threat uh, intelligence platform oh. and be like, and it reminded me of a um, conversation I had maybe 10 years ago with a um, media company we were working with. I think we may have been SourceFire at the time. I can't remember if Cisco had picked us up yet, but we were putting out an annual report and there was two things that happened that just made me question my entire sanity. One was they made a map um, of all the countries we had talked about, and then North Korea was in red, but all, everything else was just like outlined in red. And so I called them up and I'm like, "Hey, why are we uh, why are we highlighting North Korea?" And they're like, "Oh, no reason. It's just for style." And I was like, 
<laughs> half of the oh, information like, in this graph is data, and the other half is color, right? Swag. <laughs> you figure it out. Literally, they just filled in a country for no damn reason. Looks cool, doesn't it? Looks cool. Looks cool, doesn't it? Yeah. But the the thing that reminded me of this trigger topic is they were like, okay, look, um, we're having a hard time getting straight on this data visualization. We we want your data. Just send us your Excel spreadsheet. We have a guy who's great at Excel. And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> That's where we keep all the data for Talos is in the master spreadsheet. There's just like yeah. four billion tabs. <laughs> We we call it we call it data lit <laughs> dot xls <laughs> We can only get sixty five thousand records in it. But right hey, now there is okay. some we'll just, dude we'll breaking out into sheets. a cold sweat who's listening to our podcast. Like, oh no, I'm not supposed to do that. <laughs> <laughs> and he's probably and he's probably holding his entire company together with one spreadsheet. Well, no I mean, to be fair, back. guys, 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 come on. Like, it's not an Excel because it does have that row limit. It's a Google sheet. Shut the hell up. Like, that's it's, that gives you an extra 40,000 rows. Also, if it, if it was in Excel, Microsoft would have locked it every eight seconds. I, true, true story. I do know um, a, a friend of mine who's um, an accountant and uh, he was doing a lot of um, consulting work and he did go to consult with a um, security company a number of years ago that are local local to us here in Northern Virginia. Uh, I'll tell you what their name is because they do still exist in a... Well, they probably about three companies ago, you know, that kind of thing, changing names and getting bought by different people. But he walked in and he said, okay, where are you, where's your financials, all that stuff, right? And the guy literally went, um, I'll send you the spreadsheet. And this is a company, multinational, and, you know, all the other stuff was seriously doing all of its financial accounting and, and everything else that they had to do, right, in a spreadsheet. They just haven't wow. paid the Ferrari man to come and fix their Oracle yet. Oh, sorry, it was a Lamborghini, yeah. wasn't it? <laughs> the Ferrari <laughs> It was none of that stuff. It's no database. It's none of that stuff. All the financials in a spreadsheet. Here's why that's especially in insane to me is i ran an eve online corporation using an actual yeah. database like i didn't even use a spreadsheet i yeah. had like a microsoft <laughs> database yeah there is nothing about you what quickly, you just said it doesn't make you the biggest yeah. nerd on this podcast right now well, well, oh you do, is that it, do you want to make that statement have a port because <laughs> i mean there are candidates here for a long time my my husband worked for a company in annapolis that would re-jigger uh like oil rigs uh like the, yeah. the boats that were past their prime into rigs that were stationary and so they had to reinforce everything all of the math was done in excel <laughs> Excel can do some pretty neat things. Let's not tell no. lies. But I'm hoping that like... Yep. I mean, I can understand that... <sighs> but have you so tried Nigel, Tableau? Like, Nigel, I got to go back to your story though. Like, I mean, tell me this spreadsheet yes. was not just like a, hey, here is the link. Here's the thing. And here's the link to that database. Like, that's what that Excel spreadsheet was though, right? Like, it was... No. Oh, shit. No. Mm. No. Like all of the financial, all the information, all of the numbers, the figures were in the spreadsheet. So all of the sales, all of the incomings, outgoings, all, you know, people's like wages and stuff, their, their tax obligations, you name it, all of the things that you have to do to run a business, all of that financial information in a spreadsheet. So when I was but a wee Mitch and I was finishing... <laughs> Finishing college, right? I was that would make you a mit a mitchette, a mi uh, yeah. a midge, a midge. Uh, I was I was I was doing my internship, and I, my internship was in the uh, finance office for this the place I worked at the time through college. It was a country club 
that like the the national office for them building other country clubs was based out of here. So I went and did my internship in the business office there. I had an admittedly impressive, like, I mean, 80 tab monster of a spreadsheet that basically ran the financials for construction and for all of our financial records for these three clubs. But it was just, it was three like residential country clubs. And this took a spreadsheet that had legitimately probably 60 to 70 tabs was at that time an absolute monster at like, you know, like 60 megabytes or whatever, which is a pretty sizable spreadsheet. Uh, And all the formulas, everything was interconnected. It worked beautifully and wonderfully. But this is just for like building sewers in a piece of property and keeping track of those financials. I there's how do you keep track of something as complicated as a multinational, uh, multi-business cool. kind of a company in a spreadsheet? I just it doesn't even make sense to me. You can't be doing a good job of something there. That's all. And I mean, yeah. I mean, the other the other thing that 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 kind of jumps to mind is like uh, who. Who's making sure that this file doesn't get corrupted? Oh, let me tell you. It's backed up properly or all of those other questions. I did lose the spreadsheet right? once. That was a nightmare. Yes. Yeah. Right. That company that I was mentioning, all of their source code was contained on the owner's laptop. Shut, Shut the hell up. USB drive and was not allowed to be put on any code repository because he was afraid someone would steal it. And in fact, someone stole the right. laptop and they had to like, lose two years of code. I mean, you pick your risk, right? <laughs> I know a dude who used to run the source code uh, source code um, stuff uh, on a server in his basement that, and it all like crashed up and burned and had to, you know, spend a lot of time recovering that stuff. Didn't stop us going public at some point, though, and, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Not saying who it was, right, but he knows who he is. (laughs) Oh. Yes. So, but, like, what are you supposed to do if you have, you know, you'll have, like, to kind of bring this back around to our threat intelligence conversation. I don't think we're going to have time Mm. to get into AI today, but I did want to hear you rail about that for a minute, but... An, an intelligent conversation, Mitch. Did I what? For the first time on air, wasn't it? Well, <laughs> what are you talking about? Well, I want to... Uh, we were talking about the tip. Yeah. We talked about all this data that people are putting in there and and, oh, yeah. and uh-huh. all of the... Running all of your shit out of a spreadsheet. Yeah. How long are we supposed to keep this data around? Like, one of the things you railed about, Nigel, was, uh, yeah. you know, keeping all your quote-unquote intelligence, which is apparently just yeah. a collection of IOCs and dissimilar facts and figures. Yeah. Uh, why do we keep that around forever? Like, why? what's going on there? Why? How useful is it? Well, apparently it wasn't useful yes. in the first damn place. Any, any, well, any, in, any intelligence information at all, no matter what it is, has a shelf life. Right. Well, yeah, it, it's not. It's not going to be amazing forever. I mean, I mean, unless of course it's things like the Kennedy assassination and stuff like that, right? Whatever, and uh, all the, the people involved in that. Well, let's not go down that road at the moment. But uh, I think that, that was, was destroyed. destroyed. <laughs> Correct, it was indeed. It was destroyed. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, yeah. How long is it going to be valuable for? Right, because I'm seeing things where people are holding on to. Like DGAs, for example, from three or four years ago. Why? 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 That's absolutely the upper limit, I guess. Yeah, DGAs. Three, three years ago. Yeah. So here's what's the what's the um what's like the in you know the like the inverse like uh kind of formula where at the beginning and at the end uh-huh. having long tail stuff is like really important because at the beginning like you just can't sort it so you never know what's going to be important. And then in the middle where you are like, I'm dealing with all these IPs and I'm blocking this, then you can start cutting them. But then at the high end, you're like, I'm tracking human beings who exhibit traits across a lifetime. Then that shit becomes useful for a much longer term because you're like, oh, this guy likes to hang out in DigitalOcean and then whatever. Like for like Mm, completely different reasons, 
but like like not a feed right like not like i'm 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 in charge of defending this right now but if like i'm tracking like you know, i'm like thinking about the attackers yeah. like humans not like just as bad guys then no that that's the shelf life is completely appropriate and we struggle with that um like one of the things that we do is uh we have to figure out how long do we block yeah. something for yeah, is exactly. a similar question right so you know what i block like and so a domain name a lot of times you can block forever because a misspelling of Microsoft and something is <laughs> never going to be good. Yeah. So you can just be Probably like forever. Yeah. I block it forever. And we have a code. Just we have a like code spell for that. check. Cause that's what I would do. Um, <laughs> every DNS run it through spell check. We're not, okay. I mean, that's part, I mean, that's how reputation services work. Yeah. Yeah. That's how reputation companies work and they're, they're tracking stuff like that. And they'll say, Hey, cause we'll get, we'll get stuff occasionally like, Oh, this yeah. near spelling of Talos got registered. But like on the other hand, you got like IP addresses at DigitalOcean or another like large hosting provider. How like thirty days? How long do you block it? Like how long? Because we can see them, you know, online. And then some providers are better about responding to takedown requests than other providers. And like there's just a whole like weird kind of decision making process we have to go. through. How do you determine if a given IP for uh, you know the whatever domain resolves to is a, a dynamic or a static IP. Like, I mean, I guess that's oh. the, but even if something is static, it still could get released and be something legitimate yeah. in six months. Right. Yeah. Yep. And that's what we, and that's why we can't treat IPs those way we treat domain names. Right. right. Because they do, there are only X billion of them and you know, they do kind of circulate around. And even though we know that there are certain hosting providers that actors like to be in, so like 20% of their shit's bad at any given moment, you can't then like blow away 80% of their customer base by just like, you know, banning the entire, you know, slash, yeah. you know, 17, 18, whatever it is. So yeah, you have to, you have to, part of it is how did I find out it was bad? Can I replicate that and continue to monitor it and then re-hit every time? Yep, still bad, still bad, still bad. But sometimes this stuff you don't have the right visibility into or you get a report from somebody that says, hey, this happened. And you just have to, you know, quite honestly, wing it and be like, OK, I'm going to kill it for two months. And, and if I don't get another report, we're going to let it go. I mean, internal IP data is even worse. I think our our cognitive guys did some research into a couple companies and their average internal IP life was 22 yeah, minutes. Yeah, I mean, oh, shit. I can see that happening. Yeah, it's a bit. Nuts. It's crazy, huh? <laughs> Phones come in, phones go off. Laptops yeah. come oh, up, yeah. laptops go off. Oh yeah, I, yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. It's a, it's the, the problem is that these are not. Um, there's no trivial answer to these trivial questions, right? So, the trivial question is that thing: How long do I keep this stuff around? But then when you start digging into it, well, there's no actual trivial answer to that because it depends. And as soon as somebody says it, depends. well, until it's no longer necessary, and yeah, but I mean, I I think we're kind of circling around another people problem. Like, unless you can keep mm -hmm. checking those, or have a person that is responsible yeah. for, like, I mean, is, is there, this good? Is, there is this bad? That, um, and if you you know, you can do things automatically, right? You can go check stuff and things like that, and do certain checks on on addresses and whatever, and and make sure it's still, you know, good to do whatever with but like who nobody really does that right yeah the, the providers will will do that i mean like cisco will do that kind of thing right and keep track of stuff but you know in in the world of the business nobody's doing that they're not thinking about that it's kind of like data come in that's it there's no data going out, no data getting clean. No, I mean, that no resource. Yeah, because you don't have somebody to, I mean, you, there's too much data for a human to go do that. And then there's also the people who could sort that out for you and write you software to, or pieces of bits and pieces to go and do it for you automatically cost a lot of money. And so is it worth me doing that? Nah, we'll just keep all of it. Now we'll do a stock buyback. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> definitely more you know, important. So it, a long term, that's definitely a better move. Yeah. Yes, please. <laughs> oh, dude. Before we go around the table, 
I do have yeah. I do have one request from uh, Hazel as our editor. Uh, uh-huh. She wanted to hear your take on a Geordie accent. Geordies. Yeah. Oh, we went to Newcastle the other week, and that's when Van Dyke got sent off because some Newcastle <laughs> shirt just went down for no reason. <laughs> I remember hey, him talking was, like that in you know Star what? Trek. I have no idea what the fuck you just said. I have no I idea what that was, was, but it was amazing. Newcastle is this. We went into Newcastle. We went 1-0 down. We had our captain sent off, and uh, we emerged 2-1 victors. Victorious and glorious because, you know. As you should. Class Mitchell is permanent. That's all I'm saying. Form is it's permanent and not purchased. Yes. <laughs> there you go. For all you Newcastle United fans, Warren and Hazel. Yes. Warren's a Newcastle fan? Yeah. Oh, shit. You don't remember? Warren, yeah. Warren Warren is a Newcastle United Oh, I remember. I mean, it makes sense. It completely tracks. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, he's just completely unintelligible for other reasons. <laughs> Being from Belfast, but it's not like they have a club to, you know, really be proud of there either. So no, Irish. All right. Well, before we before we go today, we're going to wrap up the way that we always wrap up. We're going to go around the table with parting shots and closing thoughts. Uh, Same order we did last time, which puts you up first, Matt. Uh, I have a favor to ask of Nigel. If Nigel, could you just say hi to my sister-in-law, Kathy? You are her favorite podcast host. And uh, she hasn't been the same since you left. Oh, I'm sorry. Hi, Kathy. How are you? I'm, you know, I apologize for not being on numerous times over the past couple of years, but it's all Mitchell's fault. <laughs> he just refused to get it sorted out. <laughs> it was definitely. He let me on nothing. Yeah. Yes. And you know why? Why is that, Mitchell? Why is that, Nigel? No good reason. That's why. No, no that's true. You because I hate do. the listeners. Oh, that's right. Absolutely, Dave. Absolutely, because I hate the listeners. Uh, Lorraine. I actually like the listeners because I do not look at any of the feedback. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, the the thing is this, right? So, like, the story is that I hate the listeners. The fact is I can't be put out enough to actually hate them. I am completely and totally indifferent. I'm completely busy hating other people at the moment. (laughs) Oh, slots are completely full. I just can't be arsed to give a shit. Like, there is no way I could hate them. Uh, well, from my parting shot, and because I have uh, you here today, Nigel, uh, I do want to tell you, so I've been working on a uh, analog delay pedal, and for the first time, I let all the magic smoke out of every cap Ooh, on a board. Every one. Nice. How do you do every cap? Yeah. Well, everything on the load side. So, like everything that was like everything that yeah. would be getting power before. <laughs> well, one, I didn't put in circuit protection because yeah, I was just developing you? this. You know, why care. the? F- yeah, nobody. Yeah. No, don't need that yet. I'll wait until I put it in a box. Yeah. Then I'll worry about that. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I completely overjuiced oh my, my project amazing. and, uh, I had it set up. Oh yeah. <laughs> smells like failure. <laughs> Excellent. Sorry. That's, that is, that is disheartening. So yeah, no, I just, I just burn up about $12 in capacitors. So, I mean, at least they weren't the yeah. good, good capacitors, right? Yes. These were caps that were, you know, development quality, just making sure this thing works. You read uh, but yeah, Excellent. yeah. Yeah, let all all the magic smoke out. I tried to inhale it all real quick to see if I could absorb its power, but I don't know. I just, just had a sore throat cancer instead. <laughs> yeah, don't worry about it, Mitchell. It's okay. It's just a sore throat. Nothing harmful in those capacities at all. There's no bad stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's the magic no smoke. Bad. You gotta. You can't just waste it, right? Make sure like, you lick that's... the acetone off your fingers when you're done yeah. too. <laughs> Well, I mean, it was soldering with lead, so we have a double, you know, double, double, well, uh, definitely finger licking all of that. Probably gave you enough immunization <laughs> against this kind of thing anyway. Pretty so much fine. immune. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and given yeah. how much I fish, I mean, there's like lead and mercury levels in my blood that should yeah. probably not be so a remember, touch folks, uh, by most remember, humans. Folks, a few things we've learned this week. I think, uh, number one, um, make sure that all your kids eat paint chips and then they get immunized against the magic smoke. 
Ah, uh, the new paint doesn't. The new paint doesn't even no. taste good. Yeah, Once they took the sweet. lead out, it was the yeah sweet. Yeah, true. No. And I think uh, the other <laughs> thing uh, we learned this week is that Mitchell used to intern for uh, Trump National Golf Courses. Um, uh, I've told stories about Philip Jones, who I actually interned for at that company, and it's disturbingly <laughs> close. And um, yeah. wait, could and we could we build like a yeah? Who's the goop lady? Who's the goop lady? Oh. Oh, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow. Uh, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow. Can we build like yeah. uh like a take money from rich people thing where you're like, I'll drive you into parts of the inner city that haven't been able to update their paint yet, and you can let your kids eat the good paint. Yeah. Oh, Perfect. that's real smart. Yes. Doesn't I love she, it. Yeah. Isn't isn't her eldest child called Apple? Yes. Is that Gwyneth Paltrow? Yeah. Uh, Apple. I think that is correct. Did you? Did she ever have any oranges or pears or anything? I don't know. Let's. <laughs> you know. I'm waiting for her to give birth to a child and just name it kumquat. <laughs> that is a dirty sounding fruit. Yeah, that that's is... too on the nose. It really is. It really is. It depends how you spell it. Just... You can go ahead and edit that part out, Hazel. <laughs> or not. Whatever. <laughs> Why bother? Well, you know, nobody will know. Stop. Oh, my God. So she has two kids, a daughter named Apple, and a son who she named Moses. What? Moses. Okay. So Apple and Moses. So neither of her children are going to get to go to the promised land. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That yeah, was that is a definition of a deep pull right there. That is a deep, deep pull. Yeah. Uh, so I, I did read a thing on, uh, Elon Musk's like 15 children and their names and what the newest was. So Nevada, uh, Griffin, Vivian, Kai, Saxon, Damien, Mm, relatively normal, if unique names, that's cool. And then there's the one that is like the X space, A E space, A dash. That's his late. Oh no, that's. That's the name you put in for Castlevania Symphony of the Night to get 99 luck so you can get hit and yeah. go right past death. Yeah. Uh, and then there is Exa Dark Sidereal. S-I-D-E-R. And then that weird A-E together. Oh, yeah. Whatever that thing is. Uh, can you sue Sidereal, your dad yeah. just for being an asshole? Like His newest just... child. No, otherwise every dad would be sued. <laughs> no, Not yeah. like Dude, this. You figured... made your kid Bro, I would have figured that out like 30 years ago. <laughs> just your face. I'm a dad. <laughs> his newest, <laughs> his latest <laughs> child, the latest Musk sequel, is yeah. Techno Mechanicus. Jesus oh, that's God. right. Oh, yeah, Techno Mechanicus. I saw that the other day. Techno Mechanicus. So, <laughs> nothing wrong with that, right? God. At least the kid's not going to go to like a, a, you know, a, a public school. And there are millions up. of idiots out there who worship at the altar of Musk. I <laughs> just, people, I don't understand what your <laughs> deal is. I just, I just want to hear it at the soccer field. I want to hear it at the soccer field one time. Hey, Techno, are you talking to my son? <laughs> no, my son's name is Techno as well. Why would I be talking to your son? Oh, my, my son's name is Techno with a zero at the end instead of an Oh, o. shit. You know? Uh, Pronounce that one. Uh-huh. Yeah. You, got, you got a parting shot or closing thought for us, Techno. Nigel? Yeah, you know, well, yeah, as they say in some of the videos I watch online, you know, it's time for the dad advice, right? The, like give parent parent parental advice time right okay yeah and it's uh yeah don't bother with paint chips these days because there's no good stuff in it yeah i took all the good stuff out yeah good stuff. we're gonna solve that problem it's though it's gone and we're gonna pay for it in years to come <laughs> yeah solder instead yeah teach but, your hey, children to solder matt's got a business he's starting up we're yeah. just gonna fix that problem for yeah. you yeah I think it's good. So, it's gonna be. Pay attention. Get in yeah. on it. Uh, we're gonna call that. Uh, it'll be. It'll be PCAS. Paint chips as a service. Paint chips <laughs> as a service. 
Ah, uh, finally, I have a legacy I can be proud of. <laughs> we'll use, we're going to build this. We can build this pretty quickly on the Uber API. You just shove your kid in a the car, they get taken down, they eat the paint chips, and they get brought right back home. Oh, I hadn't have thought about there. using the gig economy to my benefit here. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, it is. Wouldn't want to get too close to the premium. paint chips. Or are you yeah. planning on paying, like, you know, uh, for Benny's? Oh, obviously, <laughs> I'd put a ton of thought into it. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's so good. stay tuned for that the link to matt's new startup will drop first and actually if we're going to integrate the uber api we could actually take this to the connecticut transportation hackathon like this is you know we'll shop that this weekend matt you should uh, when you go to announce the winner just say that's the winner just as a joke and people be like what there we go there we go all right okay. we will catch you guys next time uh, we actually have a few guests lined up over the next few episodes and some cool stuff coming out uh, for the rest of the year here, uh, culminating, hopefully, in our year in review security report episode that we'll have right before the holidays. Uh, so until then, stay safe, stay secure, and cheers. Bye. <laughs>